the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And... We're here with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany, Tiffany and Kevin. Kevin and Tiffany, welcome on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. All right, Tiffany, you're yawning there, girl. Don't yawn because they're going to catch that on YouTube. All right. So Chris Rock, that's what we watched this weekend. Oh, right? my gosh. And that's what I want to talk about, right, is Chris Rock. And really, well, 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 he has some interesting <laughs> things to say. I thought were funny, funny, funny. The last 20 minutes were probably the best part of the whole thing. And he talked a, a lot. I thought the whole thing was pretty funny. Yeah, he I got like 40 million song. for that, too. I'm like, well, I would have been, I would have been quiet for a year, too, until I got my material out. And he what gets the last million line. 40 million. He got 40, 40 million. 40 million. Wow. I think that's what, what uh, the contract w- it's was. A lot. It's a lot of money was with Netflix. But, you know, you and I were talking about this uh, when he got last year when it happened when uh, Will Smith smacked uh, Chris Rock and in my mind when I saw it I was thinking oh my god please don't hit him back Chris please don't hit him back because I immediately thought we got two black guys there right they're going to be throwing down in a fist fight on public TV making black people the last thing we need is a couple of brothers fighting like savages on TV yeah because in my mind that's what I was thinking that was going to be said right and then you have these that's what would have been (laughs) yeah black on black crime right but let's talk (laughs) about that right because I think a lot of times uh, younger black people younger Adolf uh, and different groups of people don't 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 live under that pressure, do they or don't they? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kind of pressure they're living under, but I know uh, for me, fifty two year old Black Tiffany <laughs> was like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is bad." Uh uh-uh. uh, please, for God's sake, do not. <laughs> react to this. I mean, he could have gone a whole bunch of bad ways. He could have reacted by hitting him back. He could have reacted by cussing him smooth the bleep out. He didn't do any of that. You know, I was like, thank you, thank you. And he just went on with the show professionally. That was... Amazing. It was. It was. It was. It It says a lot about his character. It does. But the ending where he said, because I was raised right. I was raised by parents who told me, don't Don't fight fight in in front front of of white white people. people. Man, uh, I don't know about the rest of you who are listening, but everybody that's black that's listening knows doggone well. We were all told that, you know, don't show your butt. In front of white people. And let's talk uh, about that, right? Because no. we're, we're in a new generation, right? Because I, I was I troll people a lot on the and internet. And this fool is. He old as we are. He know doggone well you don't do that. <laughs> so hold on, Tiffany. I troll people a lot on the internet. especially I cut all of his junk Especially off the younger generation, <laughs> right? And one of the people they were talking about, respectability, respectability politics. Why do black people have to conduct themselves and, and participate in what's known as respectability po- uh, politics? Because the thought is, is that you represent the group, right? And that the group is uh, the, 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 the your progress as an individual represents the group. Your non-progression as an individual also reflects on the group as well, right? And so that's what was at play during that whole thing, right? Because that's, the Oscar is very, uh, what's the word, white, right? Mm-hmm. If you haven't noticed, right? Well, uh, besides... Characterizing it by race, the Oscars is a very uh, high end event, mm-hmm. and you don't. I, I don't care who it is. You're not. So, it's a high end event. We expect people to behave with a certain degree of decorum. Mm-hmm. Everyone is expected to behave with a certain degree of decorum, but certainly. I expect us to have some sense. Yeah, when we come rolling out. 
Which for me at my age and a lot of other people, when when Will Smith did you that. You got to look good, smell good, and be good. And be good, right? But So when Will Smith did that, I mean, he, for me, he lost a lot of points. I didn't, I don't care how much uh, he goes to therapy, et cetera, right? In my mind, he and Jada Pinkett Smith should have known better, even if they disagreed with it, to walk up and smack another black man there in this at this event that is the creme de la creme of your art makes you look bad, right? And mm-hmm. I think in the end, oh, it's terrible. Uh, Chris terrible uh, all the way got around. A better, Chris ended up getting the last laugh, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, but he still took one to the face. I would have still been mad. Yeah, he's okay to be mad, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm mad for him. <laughs> Just thinking about it. But good show. But let's also talk about a couple of other things, right? That uh, a lot of his comedy I like, but I know people who mm-hmm. are our uh, who are nephew and uh, who are actually our niece's age, right? That twenty something, thirty something. Mm-hmm. A lot of those jokes probably wouldn't land My with them, right? Sister's age. I'm sure she. Yeah. I didn't even call her because I know her team was her little squad of girls were like what? <laughs> yeah, because he talked because, about because he called Jada a B. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all, I they all, they all, that. you know, I, I think, I think a lot of people are going to hone in on that. He called her a gender slur. That was the word. Yeah. Gender slur yeah. is how they refer mm-hmm. to it on the mainstream news. Well, it used to be called B. <laughs> <laughs> but a couple and other things, still, right? It still resonates. I think all of the listeners know what I mean when I say B as opposed to gender slur. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing that was on that show, like, okay. was that I, on the show that I thought was well, was he came and he said, I am not a victim. Right. Because yeah. he made a conscious choice not to engage and fight back. Mm-hmm. Right. And he he yeah. got a lot of slack for that. But I think in my opinion, he made yeah. the right decision. But he came and said, I'm not a victim. Yeah. Right. Even though that this happened to me, a it's a legitimate complaint. Where, but he's not a victim. Right? Yeah. There are a lot of things where you, you know, you may be going through something, but you don't have to you don't have to take the road of victimization, even though somebody is trying to. uh to do exactly that. Mm-hmm. They're trying to emasculate you, trying to to uh, take away your humanity and take away your strength in that moment. And, you know, that that was a part for me. I'm like, look, I don't care what you think you felt. You put your life out there on display. And somebody makes a perfectly, you know, m- maybe not the best joke. Uh, but an, but an innocuous joke, and that's their job. That's what they do every day. That's what they are in that setting to do. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a paid comedian. Then you let whatever emotional, you know, hoops you're jumping through come out. You get a side eye, and you come rushing up on. You come bum rushing up on the stage. You know, well, and, and I have to agree. I mean, you played Muhammad Ali. Uh, we ain't never seen Chris with his shirt off, and, and I, I and I'm not and I'm not here for that. I'm not trying to go scroll but, for pictures of Chris with his shirt off. I don't think very many women are. But at the same time, right? So for me, in my mind, it was a big it was a big L for uh, Will Smith. I know I personally yes, was. Uh, unsubscribed to follow him, and I was I'm a huge I was a huge Will Smith. And instead fan. of emasculating uh, Chris Rock, he emasculated himself with that. Yeah. Because he basically just seemed like like he was being used uh, as as an attacker for somebody else. Yeah, he was. And like, so- get out there and do what I say. <laughs> so what other parts of get up and get up to that stage and do what I say? Okay, so what <laughs> what other parts of the show did you like that you watched there? Did you like a lot? I know a lot of people took a lot of uh took a lot took some of the things that Chris said as a shot at quote unquote woke culture, right? Uh, the whole victimization thing. Like whole, what? Uh, that was a big one, right? He's not a victim, right? And that whole thing, you weren't going to see him up So what's crying. wrong with saying I'm not a victim? <laughs> Obviously, Tiffany, you don't you don't listen to a lot, I read don't, a lot of I, social okay, media. Okay, first of all, that I right stay now, on social we're, media we're, because there's trolls and craziness <laughs> happening on social media. <laughs> it's always somebody that's, it's like um, when we were kids, you remember people would wear these shirts with dollar signs on it, and it was always the brokest person you ever met yeah. wearing a dollar. That's what I feel about social media. It's all these people angling, talking about how, how I'm all about peace, peace and hair grease, sister. And it's the same person that I just may have seen five minutes ago cursing somebody out. And then you see that social media, and there, there they are with with some Zen post. I don't know and you're just like, this. what? 
is this? Everybody's super great on social media. So I, I'd rather go with the real, real deal. I, all right, I know who Kevin is, not the Kevin of social media. The Kevin that, that's been airbrushed. Social media is, is human airbrush. I don't really know where to go with this. Today. That's the truth. In you the say what you want to say. Well, right now, victimization is the big is the word, right? And oh so Lord! It, it, it's. It, <laughs> I tease a friend of mine. I say, being a victim is so good and so profitable. Even white people, white men are trying to get in on this game. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> and most, that's the main complaint, right? Is I'm a victimized person in the society. The white male. <laughs> You're going to catch a lot of slack for that. I'm just letting you know. Is that. Happy Women's Month. Okay, so here we go. So this is going to be, this is flaky. All right, Tiff, focus. <laughs> All right, so one of the things. It just right, makes me laugh. I'm like, really? Go ahead. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So the main thing, right, it, that I got from the overall show and then where I was trying to take this was that the items that I got out of uh, the Chris Rock show and our review of it is that I think it's a good it was a good show, good comedy show. Uh, the end it right was. there put a great emphasis on uh, being being raised as a black person in America, especially his age. He's like 56 or something. Yeah, he's he's a little 60, bit older than us. A little bit older. And this emphasis on representing the group. Right. Especially uh, not uh, not not doing bad behavior. Right. No misconduct in high profile public places, especially as a black person, because you represent the group, good or bad. Right. And we had uh, one of our probably premier uh, uh, favorite sons, Will Smith, and his wife, Jada mm-hmm. Smith, conduct themselves extremely poorly in a high profile in a high profile situation in a situation that that was his night should have been his night. Right. Where he should have uh, he, he, he was able to shine from my viewpoint. And then the other part there in just uh, revealing uh, Chris Rock's uh, age, right, in, in that we're not victims, right? Uh, and uh, victimology, being a victim is not the thing where we want to go, right? I Even thought though it we're showed his character and integrity. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I thought not hitting back showed character and integrity. Um <clears throat> You know, I saw some people making the argument, well, he kind of did hit back with this comedy special. Yeah. <laughs> because it was, that was that was more of a, a proverbial one-two punch. Yep, yep. And so, it definitely was. Yeah, great show. I would watch it. I, I would recommend it. It's right up there in my, from my opinion with Bill Burr. I don't know if you watch Bill, but Bill's got a lot of good commentary, right? So uh, you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 9.30 a.m., the answer home of conservative talk radio. We are doing a special campaign at Texas Kidney Foundation to get your kidneys checked. It is called Silent But Deadly because kidney disease is a silent but deadly killer. And we need you to go to our website, silentbutdeadly.org. Take a 12-question test and we will send you a kit to your house. Get your kidneys checked at silentbutdeadly.org. And we're medium. back on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, home of conservative talk radio with On the Record with Kevin and... Tiffany. Tiffany and Kevin. <laughs> All right. That's going to be an interesting sex, uh, uh, segment there. All right. Let's talk about today is what? Is today World Kidney Day? I get confused. Talk no, yesterday was World Kidney Day. Okay. Um... So this is National Kidney Month. Okay, so we had a day. Now we have National Kidney Month, the month yes. of March. All right, talk about, describe it first before we go so about what we're doing. So National Kidney Month is all about raising awareness for, uh, in regards to kidney disease, mm-hmm. uh, because 850 million people worldwide are estimated to have uh, some stage of kidney disease or to be affected by kidney disease. Yep. So, um, and it's, it's pricey as It's a, it's a right? worldwide uh, effort. That's, that's, uh, this particular month is is National Kidney Month for the United States, and World Kidney Day happen is a worldwide effort to raise awareness about kidney disease. Yeah, it's it's. <clears throat> I'm surprised that we don't describe it as a pandemic, because it it really does meet the definition of that. Okay. But uh, yeah, kidney disease is. On every continent, it's it's in most nations. Now you talk about these statistics quite a bit, but give us a, uh, talk about some of the statistics in regards to who's affected by it, how many people have it, blah blah blah. Well, kidney disease disproportionately affects 
uh, black and brown people. Mm-hmm. But kidney disease affects one in three Americans. Mm-hmm. And how many of those Americans, that one in three Americans, which is what, about 37 million people? Or one in three are at risk for kidney disease. Okay. Um, how many people are aware of it that they have? So it? of the people who have kidney disease, mm-hmm. nine out of ten of them are not aware that they have kidney disease. Okay. So, uh, and therein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. There's obviously, whenever you have a statistic like that, that means that there is, there has to be a systemic failure or people failure, or possibly yeah. both, combination of the two. Combination of the two, from my opinion. Um, and, and that's what we've identified, uh, not just with Texas Kidney Foundation, but it, it, it's in the uh, peer-reviewed papers, in the body of knowledge in regards to kidney disease, it's clear. It's like a known that, secret in the medical community. Yeah, right? it's it's a very interesting uh problem and it's and, and a lot of it lies in, in the system because you have nephrologists who are at the back end of kidney disease and then you have uh primary care practitioners who are at the front end. They're managing patients all in mm-hmm. in whatever level stage of disease that they have. And we have guidelines Mm -hmm. that are being applied to both. Well, the guidelines say that kidney disease is to be diagnosed. Best practices say you diagnose kidney disease once it's been in stage three for three months. But you have to define stage three, right? So stage three kidney disease, the doctors are interpreting this as, okay, I monitor it says monitor. You monitor well, up until you monitor until you get to stage three. Well, for many, they just don't say anything about stages one and two. Stages one and two is where the new where the therapeutics can actually slow down or stop the progression of kidney mm-hmm. disease. So you've got a, a disconnect in information and okay. where it's going. Okay, so let me give you, so we're looking at the same set of facts, right? Because, you know, I titled one of the items as a, uh, as the dark side on the YouTube, as the dark side of, of, of kidney health, of chronic kidney disease, right? And for me, the dark side is that this is an open secret, if you will, in the, in the healthcare industry about chronic kidney disease, right? So let's talk through it, right? To meet the qualifications for chronic kidney disease, to be diagnosed with it, you have to have an EGFR, that's estimated glomerical filtration rate, that's the that's how well your uh, your kidneys clean your blood, right, of less than 60. And you have to have that for three months or more, three months at three months, right? Then you receive the diagnosis. Or you have to have an albumin to creatinine ratio of between uh, greater than 30 for uh, three months or more, right? Mm-hmm. So you have those two things. But here's the catcher, right, is that physicians are not obligated <clears throat> to tell you that you're in any stage of chronic kidney disease. Right. They have to conduct the uh, the process of whatever the guideline is, right, of monitoring or whatever they have to do, right, whatever the guideline mm-hmm. is. But they're not obligated to tell you, right? And we're going to put, I'm going to put this link again. I put in every every one of the YouTube, uh, every one of our YouTube, YouTubes is that there's actually Cadigo in 2019 had this discussion, right, about should you tell the patient or shouldn't you tell the patient? And I believe you should tell the patient. You have a right to know, right? There's transparency. transparency. Okay. You, you have a right to know about your own health. We're not talking about people in general. Yeah. We're talking, there is no other uh medical there's no other medical uh disease or no other other uh uh illness disease or di- yep. illness or disease path that anybody uh would think is okay to find see somebody in stage 1 and not tell them or okay. any stage and not <clears throat> disclose you're in stage 1 of cancer okay. you're so- in stage 1 of so that so that's the definition of of, of being there, and, and and they and they're not obligated to tell you, right? Right. Okay. So and that's, they don't, and they don't in most cases. In many cases, and the data supports this. This isn't a crazy conspiracy because less than seven percent. If you look at the data, less than seven percent of the people who are uh, who are in in stages one or two of chronic kidney disease are aware of it or know of it, right? So that's mm-hmm. one. Two. The other item there is that we know that the the people at the highest 
risk for uh, progressing into chronic kidney disease and ultimately having their kidneys uh, 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 fail or going or having cardiovascular issues and dying of cardiovascular disease are people who have high blood pressure, people who have diabetes, or people who have a combination of those three things. Right. We know that that is in the literature that is everywhere that is in the statistics. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we know. uh, But most hospitals, most practices do not have an early detection plan or program in place to 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 start uh, going in and and running a test. And there's just two tests. That's all you really need to know if someone's progressing into chronic kidney disease. You need an EGFR test and you need a uh, an albumin to creatinine, uh, an an albumin to uh, create to creatine ratio test. Simple tests. Right. Those two tests together, less than 100 bucks in most cases. Right. Mm. And people are not running them or they're running EGFR, but they won't they will not run the albumin test. And the stats bear that out as well. So this isn't a conspiracy theory. This well, isn't. This is, you this can is look this facts. up. You can go. You can look this up on the NIDDK. You can mm-hmm. look this up on the CDC's website. All these websites so are available. That's that's the debate in the academic circles is how do you get doctors to. Uh, Disclose that information to patients. So what we're what we're proposing, and what Texas Kidney Foundation has come up with, is ten questions for patients to yeah. ask their doctor. If if somebody isn't uh, just giving you the information, they do they do have the obligation to tell you if you ask. We hope they will, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have well, I think they idea. will. I think okay. they will. I think uh, in a lot of cases, because what what. I see when I look at the data, and I think others see it as well, is primary care practitioners are, they're trying to do a whole lot of things at the same time. They're mm-hmm. triaging a lot of, uh, in a lot of cases. Okay. So if, if they're undereducated about kidney disease and about what they need to be looking for, and what when to report when you have a major authority telling them to monitor that's what they're going to do they're not going to do something different you so you okay you know, they're going to do what the system is telling them to do. This was a hard one for me because of the industry. That I know I it's hard to I know it's hard to accept. In my mind, in my mind, right, especially when you when you begin to see that we have medications or they call them therapeutics. Right. That if, if patients actually receive while they're in stages one and two. Right. It can actually and slow three. the progress and three. But one and two, if you can get it to mm-hmm, a person in mm-hmm. one and two, it can slow the progression of this disease. The right? earlier, the better, the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you know. Of anyone who's had to be on dialysis or who suffers from any type of uh, were any type of situation where their kidney doesn't function, it is a miserable experience. Yeah, right. And it is it is just a horrible situation for people. So that's why, in my mind, I have like little patience for people who who have uh, who have this idea of I have all of this to do, I have all that to do. Right. Yeah. When people's lives and the quality of their lives are on the line, one and two, just the the magnitude of the expense. Right. It's crazy. The uh, that alone. Right. So in my mind, when I came to this and as I begin to go through and read and I, I don't know if anyone had ever asked this question. But when I asked this question in these different conference calls that you had me on. Right. And my question was, hey, do you have to tell the patient that they are in, a, in, in the stage of chronic kidney disease? And people were quiet. Right. And there was only one doctor who, who gave us the stat. Right. A gentleman named uh, Jeffrey Cobb. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he, He's a teacher. He, he is a nephrologist and he's a professor at Emory uh, University, which uh, really great. Gr- he's. This guy has like a, a four-digit IQ, uh, I believe, right? Uh, but he just said no. He goes, uh, most people. No, he had a, he had a nice answer. He said most people uh, don't reveal uh, what stage of chronic kidney disease someone is in uh, until they're in stage three, right? And by that he said time, best practice, best practice, st- stage three. He said in actuality, it's usually around stage four. And there's a huge jump in expense from stage three to stage four. It's almost a 50, 60 percent bump in in expense. Right. Mm-hmm. And also and I don't know how you measure the quality of life, but there's a big downgrade in the quality of life that people yeah. have it's as well. Bad. So, you know, so uh, World Kidney Month or or National Kidney Month, tell me again. Like that is all about us um, 
raising awareness about this. What we're doing is is our toolkit, but we also our early early detection efforts are all centered around um, bringing awareness to the fact that we need to have mass early detection, mm-hmm. and that can. That is not something that an organization like Texas Kidney Foundation would do. That is something that should be done in hospitals mm-hmm. and in clinics. Yep. And that's what we're we're uh, proposing. And we are very happy to say that uh, Senator Boris Miles and Senator Kelly Hancock uh, have come together with a lovely white paper. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, we were instrumental in in writing, along with a curated group of doctors, uh, and we were instrumental in curating that group uh, on the Chronic Kidney Disease Task Force. Mm -hmm. And the task force is going to be recognized on Tuesday um, because of this work. All right. Well... All right, you. Uh, I have a lot because you get so much of this information. So we'll call it. We'll wrap it there. And so what? What? It's the beginning stages of us getting the mass testing mm-hmm. that we believe should be done, and the great state of Texas leading that mass te- testing. So we're we're very proud of those two senators and of the work that we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, to contribute to uh, what will be a turn in the tide for diabetes and chronic kidney disease because those those uh, medications are diabetes medications. It's changing people. Change is afoot. You've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. And we're back with On the Record with Kevin and... Tiffany. <laughs> 9.30 a.m., the answer, home of conservative talk radio. All right, Tim. This is just like with my headset. You come in, you take over everything. <laughs> For those y'all. taking stuff from people. <clears throat> All right, that's a personal he joke. He moved himself to the front and made his name first. All right. Just like we, I have a headset at home, y'all. It's a Bluetooth. It's nice. It has and some, every time counseling. I look up, every time I look, I like to, I like for my things to be my things. So I charge up my telephone. I want my my charger. I'm the only one with an iPhone because he has that whack Android, you know. Instead, he moves my stuff around all the time, uses it, moves my headset, uses it. I'm like, why are you using my headset? Like, I don't want your man sweat on my headset. Okay, so this is how you're going to use time on the radio to Sorry. complain about me and me taking your your Bluetooth headset. He's deflecting. I am. Okay, so let's talk about this since you since you went in on me. All right, so let's talk about what are some of the things, right? So there's a lot of good things that are going on uh, with 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 the foundation and yes. with just progress. Uh, progress in kidney uh, overall, right? Oh, there's there's phenomenal things. Now, people keep re- referring to the SGLT2Is. It's therapeutics. Everybody refers to them as the new therapeutics. But I, I just want to correct that they're not new. They've been around for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, what <clears throat> What is now being referred to is the the data that has been built up over those teams mm-hmm. that that we see, oh, it has positive implications for the heart, positive implications for diabetes, positive implications for kidney disease. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> the data supports what was initially thought about the therapeutics. Mm-hmm. So people are saying they're new. They're not new. Uh, Eva Kana, Jardians, and... Uh, um, Farsiga, you all know those names. They've they've been around uh, for ten years. Okay, all right. So, what do you? Okay, I hate to go negative, but I am going to go negative. Okay, so what do you find frustrating? It's amazing how he says he hates to go negative, but he does every. Yeah, I do, right? Because I think we need to highlight something, right? (laughs) 
So one of the here we things, go. <laughs> one of the things that I find extremely frustrating, right, is that this isn't an issue as we as we do World <clears throat> Kidney Day. Then we have uh, was it Kidney Month uh, nationwide, right? Is that this isn't an issue of do we have the therapeutics? This isn't an right. issue. Do we have the technology? Is it all there? All these things are there, right? It, it really it really confirms my bias toward American exceptionalism that this is America, right? And that we are the greatest country. We can we can figure a way out of this situation, and we have we have developed the therapeutics. We have the technology. We have it there. It seems to be this huge delay in it getting to everyday people, which is always my concern, right? How does it get to everyday people, especially when you have a system that does that is not uh, does not have a a, um, a bent a, a bend toward uh, being creative, being uh, uh, evolving. Right. Well, you got to change the system, and that's what we're doing, power to the people, changing the system. That is why we've brought the latest early detection technology to mm-hmm. the state of Texas. That's why we have modeled that. That's why we wrote it throughout that white paper. That's why we brought the doctors in to write that white mm-hmm. paper with us onto this mm-hmm. task force, resurrected the task force for that Reason is to change this. So let's talk about some of the things to change. Let's, let's first let's start with the technology, right? So uh, we work with the, with these people, Healthy IO. Describe that test to everyone. What does it do? Well, it is uh, an at home albumin creatinine ratio test, what? which is is uh, your urine, and it you shows pee- you if there's damage in your in, in your in your kidney. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you. Uh, pee in a little cup, you put it on the green board. The green board then sends the uh, result to me at the foundation, to us at the foundation, mm-hmm. and then sends the result, and you get the result right there at home. Mm-hmm. It turns your phone into a clinical grade testing device. It does. So <clears throat> that is the phenomenon of the technology. There's no other technology like it in the world. Now, the phenomenal thing with us and what we did as Texas Kidney Foundation is that we concentrated our testing when mm-hmm. we were in the FDA trials of this. We concentrated our testing on uh, in the black and brown community because we were hearing uh, the rumblings that said that black and brown people don't take tests, that, you know, that that it's because of non-compliance that that mm-hmm. we're disproportionately affected that that's part of the the reason why we're mm-hmm. disproportionately affected by these diseases which is not correct uh and it's and it's not correct you know it's what we proved is that that's not correct when we did the testing uh we were up against other <laughs> foundations national ones and insurance companies. And uh, we outpaced all except one insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, and we really shouldn't have been able to outpace them because we were concentrating in black and brown communities and in communities that are disenfranchised, meaning people who do not trust uh, the government and don't trust um Medical entities, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, there so, is a big distrust there, and that's even amongst white people as well. Yeah, especially among the people that. Yeah, but we concentrated in black and brown people. Okay. For for the purposes of this uh, of this study, and let me comment on that. And the reason that's important, and we say this all the time, right? How you treat black and brown people is going to also determine how you treat everyone else. Yes. Right. And so a case study was done on uh, Texas Kidney Foundation and the work that we did Mm -hmm. with the Healthy IO test because uh, we had such a high adherence rate. Forty percent of the people that we uh, took the test, that we asked to take the test, took the test. Uh, That's a that's a very high adherence rate. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so we have so so we have that technology coming or or it's here, right? It's available. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then uh, the the second thing that you guys you guys did a couple other things on the kidney task force. What was that? 
Um, well, now, what that technology that I described is, is something that the Texas Kidney Foundation brought okay. here. What we did on the task force is, is we wrote a white paper describing what could be done to curb the numbers. Our, jo- our job, what we were charged with, is to, to show the governor of Texas and the great state of Texas what could be done to change the numbers mm-hmm. for kidney disease, mm-hmm. to reduce the cost burden mm-hmm. of kidney disease. So this technology we highlighted along with the Nova Biomedical Technology, mm-hmm. along with uh, lab work as the technology that could be used to identify the disease early. Mm-hmm. And then we also pointed out the SGLT2Is mm-hmm. and other medications that could be used to slow the progression of kidney disease. The, they are the one-two punch on slowing or stopping the, the, this disease by identifying it in the people that, that are walking around with it unidentified and then getting them the proper therapeutics and the proper lifestyle changes. Uh, it's, it's a game changer yeah. for the people and for, for uh, the state. And that's going to be important as well, right? Because one of the things that, that we're going to have next week, it'll probably be when this airs, we'll have what uh, we'll have a, a, a uh, we call, what are we calling this? A toolkit. Our kidney toolkit in which we put an emphasis on your kidney numbers and how you can use simple, just very, a simple uh, a, a, a heat map, a heat map and take, uh, take your number and you can get an approximation of where your kidney function Where you is. can ask, we give you the questions to ask your doctor too. Yeah. And so we give you the heat map and then we give you the questions to follow up and ask your doctor. It's really our way of equipping patients, which I refer to as consumers of health care, providing them the tools that they need to create a demand for understanding their kidney numbers, right? And so it starts, it's a, it's a place to start a conversation between the patient and between the doctor on that. Your doctor is supposed to be a part of your care team. So let's enlist them and make them a part of our care mm-hmm. team. If they don't know about a piece of information like something as important as SGLT2Is, uh, then, then let's educate them. Yeah. And if they don't know that they should tell us in stage one, or if they're not, for whatever reason, let's ask. But we have to be proactive. Uh, should we have to be proactive? That's another, that's another uh, topic. But we have to be for our own health and for the betterment of, of our own families and the health of our families. We've got to be proactive and find out what's, if we're in a stage of kidney disease, what stage we're in, and hey, what's our next steps? Uh, these are the therapeutics. What are we going to do here? And you've been listening to On the Record with Kevin and Tiffany on 930 AM, The Answer, home of conservative talk radio. Check us out at On the Record with Tiffany on YouTube. And all you have to do is look up On the Record with Tiffany and you will get to listen to us talk about freedom opportunity, growth, and progress. If you like what we're talking about, or if you don't, check us out on YouTube, on the record with Tiffany, and listen to what we have to say, because we can guarantee you we're going to spark some debate at your house, just like at ours. And we're back with On the Record with Kevin and... Tiffany. My name is first now. <laughs> On 930 AM, the answer, home of conservative talk radio. That's a good entry, wasn't it? <laughs> I see you've been conspiring with my younger brother to try and push yourself to the front. I have and not. You've been getting some kind of, some of his little lawyer, <laughs> lawyerly advice. All you got, all you got to do is squat. Uh, <laughs> Basically becoming a, a, a squatter. squatter. You call me a squatter. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, you're a name squatter, Kevin. Uh, A name squatter. (laughs) 
All right. And that's the Lord making you cough. You can't even hold yourself together. Anyway. All right. So, you know, we've been in this last, in this first quarter, we've been talking a lot about kidney health. We've been talking a lot about really advocating for oneself to, uh, yeah. to do that. Right. And my thing is, you know, I identify as American descendant of the formerly enslaved. Right. And the reason I do that is because for me, it's important that people understand you can have an identity. Right. And whatever that identity is, you can have that, but you can still work with other people in, in uh, going out and trying to achieve a common good. Right. Uh, so that that's a, why I put a lot of emphasis on that. So one of the things that's because that's one that's what we do uh, with uh, with with the foundation and also with my consulting is what we do there as well. So let's talk about a couple of things, Tiffany. So uh, what are the things? Let's we'll keep it on the positive side. What are the things that you really enjoy about being a kidney advocate? Well, I like. The the patients. Mm-hmm. I like talking to other people and and just seeing what you know. How have they coped with this? Mm-hmm. Um, I like seeing other people's style of advocacy. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some some amazing advocates out there. Um, so I enjoy that. I I enjoy, but I really enjoy the people and mm-hmm. and making sure that the. The information they need gets to them because people are so happy to receive free services. They're happy to uh, know that somebody's there and in their corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there's there's something to be said for for having your neck hugged by a person at the end of of a screening. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said for. Uh, for people really recognizing what what you're doing because you know as many people know we've lost over 70 family and and friends during this pandemic it's hard when it the sound of people being gone mm-hmm. you know the deafening noise of silence is difficult and so when when you experience that, it changes you. You can't just keep putting up with the same old stuff mm-hmm. and doing things status quo. Mm-hmm. Because often when we're dealing with systems, mm-hmm. people, you know, you just do what, what you have to do. And you, you'll say, oh, okay, well, that's that's just how they do things. Mm-hmm. It's just how they do it. But when people start dying around you, it's unacceptable to say that's just how they do it. Because somebody's gone mm-hmm. that shouldn't have been gone. Yeah, so for us, you know, for me, and I know this is true for you too. Well, let's see what you're going to say. Cause you're seeing that, seeing that, we just literally were like, we're either going big or going home. Mm-hmm. So we're going to pour everything into making sure our community understands what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and by our community, I mean black and brown people, and I mean poor white people too. Yeah, and I tell you, that- this is an economic issue. Uh, as much as it is, uh, but, any, as, as it is racial, this is but economic in in many ways. Okay, so here's the thing that I see, right? And 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 I make no qualms about my political affiliation. I'm B one, right? Uh, black first. But as you go through this process of building out coalitions with other people, you see other people's sufferings as well. And you, mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, this is impacting other groups of people. Not just black people, not just brown people, not just poor people, poor mm-hmm. white people, but people in general. And mm-hmm. I always say, how you treat the least among us is how you're going to treat all of us. And what you often find is that uh, a lot of our friends are better off, well, a well-off financial Right. And they're going through the same exact same thing that other people are going through with this with this particular disease, chronic kidney disease. Right. And so for me, 
everything revolves around uh, economics, right? In the sense that, okay, what are the uh, what are the incentives of all the people who are involved with the overall system, and how do we change those incentives, right? How can we disrupt to benefit it? patients to benefit patients and disrupt mm-hmm. the system? Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, patients and and consumers are key, and they've mm-hmm. got to be armed with knowledge and information. Yeah. And I've said this a few times on the show this month in regards to uh, a lot of the medication and stuff that are available. It's like, you know, the iPhone coming in and landing and no one's aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't really know, which oftentimes by wanting to educate patients, right? I run into conflicts with different people, with different medical professionals, right? Because they're struggling with, well, how much information do you give them? And I always tell, I always have, this is my standard reply. Well, you guys have had almost Three decades. It's thirty years to to uh, to, uh, to get your stuff together, and you haven't because none of this information is new. None of when you you can go back literally. You can go back uh, the last twenty thirty years in the literature and find, and you will see where they're having the same discussion. How do we get doctors and 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 healthcare professionals to run the tests? Right. How do we educate the the uh, the healthcare professionals to make them aware of this? And unlike Tiffany, Tiffany has a very positive view of it. Right. Uh, in regards to, uh, you know, believing in the medical system and working with them. I don't. Right. Because if you do not have a disruption to the in the system from the people, from the people, from the people at the bottom of the economic status who are are paying for these services, if they don't demand uh, a particular service, it's not going to get done. That's just how the country works. It has to come with a, a sense of outrage from patients and a demand for patients. So uh, that is my view of it there. And so and it's, well, and it's tampered, right? I get your, I understand your view, but I, my view uh, is that I know I, I've met so many Doctors, mm-hmm. I've met so many practitioners mm-hmm. across this state and across the country, and I know that the average practitioner wants it's in this to win it, to win better health, to win better things for people. They have they have good intentions. They're in a system that is uh, giving them direction. That mm-hmm. is the wrong direction. Kadigo uh, saying monitoring that, and people interpreting the monitoring to mm-hmm. mean I don't say anything until this point. That's an example of a very good plan that is missing some pieces, right? Somebody needs to say, while monitoring... You tell them and monitor. That may sound ridiculously simple. It is still true. People are still human. They, they are, if you're following something, you're going to follow it until it changes. We agree upon that. It's going to change because, and we're not. And <laughs> we agree on the change part. He's like nefarious. I'm like, no, no I'm not, not saying, nefarious. I'm not saying nefarious, right? I'm not saying nefarious. I'm saying that people have to have a motivation outside yeah. of themselves when there's when they've had three decades to change something and it hasn't changed, right? You right. literally, you know, I think I quoted this statistic last week, literally in the last 10 years, there's been almost $400 billion spent just on end-stage renal disease. Mm-hmm. Not diabetes, right? Uh, not cardiovascular, just end-stage renal disease and all the stuff that's around that. In Texas? And no, no, in nationwide. 
In Texas or nationwide? Nationwide. Nationwide, nationwide mm-hmm. according to uh, 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 to the end-stage renal disease data, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I come from a profession that says, whoa, if something that bad is going on. That right, expensive. That expensive is going on, right? We need to go and look at the processes, procedures around this. Right. Uh, and we need to start making change immediately. And for me, when I run into patients in the field and I and you see their the quality of their life going down. I'm like, whoa! We don't have time to to play yeah. pussyfoot around with the professionals. They've got to pull it together, right? Yeah. And so, since we can't have a direct impact on those, we have to prompt the professionals. We have to prompt the professionals to, uh, to 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 pull it together, and that can only come when you balance out the knowledge differential, right, between the patient and the doctor. I don't want to, I don't want a patient to know every single thing there is to know, but I want them to have enough questions to where they can ask, right? And mm-hmm. I think the comparison I always use is that you don't have to know how to change a tire, but you have to ha- be able to know, oh, my tire is low. Maybe I should put some air in it, right? You have to be able to know, oh, yeah, that light on my car gauge, that means the oil is low and I should take it to a professional or to get the oil changed, right? Some basic things. And I yeah. think that's what our toolkit is going yeah. to provide at the foundation. It provides so. transparency. And transparency is is essential in, in healthcare. If If my doctor sees something in my blood work, I want to know about it. That's not an unreasonable request. And I'm sorry, just that the very fact that people don't get the that these professionals don't get that is just nerve wracking to me. Right. To to sit there and tell me right in the literature that I'm responsible for the outcomes of my health, which I am. Right. But I'm coming to you as a professional to tell me what is going on with me uh, and you withhold information. To me, that is just crazy. I just don't get it. And I don't get how anyone interprets it that way. I know they do. I know. I know they do, right? But, but that to me, is that's the reality the of what thing. we're dealing with right now. Yeah, that's these are. Oh. That, that's what's happening. So, but here's the beauty: we've got the therapeutics, we've got our toolkit, we're getting our our resource center, we are moving the needle towards transparency, better patient outcomes. And and this is from from uh, Texas Kidney Foundation, health advocates, other other uh, uh, building coalitions with with people that are like minded and finding some finding solutions and not just just uh, watching the problem grow. I'm sorry, you're just kicking off every Republican uh, intuition in me is like. Government cannot be the answer. It just see. I did not say government <laughs> it was feels the answer. Like all right, all right. Oh You're going to have God. to let this die. Here we are. Uh, and you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. A true Republican. Oh, what did you just say? You know what? <laughs> On 9.30 a.m., the answer. Home of conservative talk radio. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930amtheanswer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.